Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Doors are dividing lines, portals from one environment to another. Doors capture our imaginations in photography when we visit big public buildings, government monuments, and cathedrals. If you think about it, for children, so many toys that are designed incorporate the use of doors to invite imagination to explore just what might be beyond, beyond what is known into the unknown, as Buzz Lightyear said in Toy Story, to infinity and beyond. If you think about movies, films from everything, everywhere, all at once, to The Matrix, to The Wizard of Oz, to Alice in Wonderland, and even movies like Monsters, Inc., incorporate the use of doors as vehicles to move people from one reality they're experiencing to another. Doors demarcate one place and they allow us to go to another. That is, if we choose to. Sometimes doors are bolted shut to keep people out. Like today, John's gospel uses fear as the reason for locked doors. But Jesus appears to the disciples and breathes on them. He says, peace be with you. And he gives them a gift, a powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. But it seems like it doesn't take because the reading immediately tells us again that the disciples are gathering a week later with doors that are closed off to the outside world, probably out of that continual fear. And Jesus appears again. God is doing absolutely everything to reveal the presence of the risen Christ to the disciples, and it seems like they're so confused that they aren't able to give themselves any kind of framework to experience what's happening. Possibly a little like us. It's a rare occurrence nowadays that we ever keep our homes unlocked our car doors unlocked, or even expect that things will be open in such a way for us to be able to enter without some type of knocking or being buzzed in. We are used to locked doors. They're everywhere. It's our way of life. And honestly, it's probably detrimental to us in more ways than we realize. Through being so used to these practices of locking doors and keeping people out, our minds start changing about how we look at people. Yes, at strangers, but even at our close friends. Privacy and security become more prized than human connection, than moments of true fellowship, than opportunities to experience the love that we have for one another. We get so used to the way it is, the status quo, just how we do things, that we actually start viewing God this way as well. Where God is to be feared, where God needs to be kept at a distance, where we have to close the doors of our hearts to letting God in. 
How many times do we recognize deep desires in our hearts, like the things that totally make us come alive, but we refuse to share them in any intentional way with God? How many times when we're in a real pickle, whether at work or at school or in a situation with our families where we're beyond confused, where we don't know which end is up, where one slip up might cause real damage in a relationship. Yet we don't share this anxiety, this fear, this angst that we carry inside of ourselves with God. Not one shred, not at all. When we keep the doors of our hearts closed to God, we cause harm to ourselves. The British author Charles Williams, who was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, wrote an entire novel about this subject in 1938. He called it Descent into Hell. Even though the book is a work of fiction, it offers several snapshots of people and how open or closed they are to one another, especially when it comes to sharing the things that burden them in life. Some of the characters finally get it. Some of the characters finally understand that they can pull themselves out of whatever they're going through if they share their life stories with other people. But the saddest character in the book, Mr. Wentworth, well, he doesn't share anything. He won't share anything about his life with anyone, not with God, not with his friends, not with other people, with no one. And he, by the end of the book, gets totally delusional and meets his demise isolated, friendless, and alone. Today's gospel is not about isolation, lack of friends, or loneliness. No. It's about a new reality that has happened. It's about new life, about resurrection. It's about those moments we see today when the disciples are deeply wounded by Jesus' death and they're scared to be anywhere. They've closed themselves off from other followers of Jesus. They've closed their hearts off to God. They're sheltering in place. But Jesus finds them anyway, twice. The first time didn't take. So he comes back again in the very same way, showing us that God will stop at nothing to restore us. That God will stop at nothing to show you that there is life, abundant life, a wholehearted life, a life full of love and belonging when we open ourselves to the mystery of how much God actively searches for us each and every day of our lives. And today we have a baptism, a baptism of Ezra Noe. In our service today, our doors to everlasting life are flung wide open by the people of this community. The door to a full incorporation into the family of God happens through our prayers, through the blessing of water, and by the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus breathes on his apostles and upon us this very day. And as we fling the door open, our prayer together, our prayer 
is for all of us to know and to feel and to experience a deeper connection of love and belonging with God and one another this very day. No more locked doors to keep other people out. No more hiding of our uniqueness, the things that make us special, the things that are really intrinsically our belovedness. And no more lack of imagination about what God can really do for us. Today, God tells us there's no barrier. There's no gatekeeper. There's no impediment whatsoever to full connectedness, to full blessing, to the most abundant life imaginable. Because even in those moments when we're closed off, even in those moments when we just don't feel like praying, even in those encounters when we don't have the strength to be fully and authentically ourselves with others, God passes through all of those barriers and God loves you anyway. God passes through whatever stands in your way of full relationship. God defies today the laws of physics and purposely goes to you wherever you are to make you know and feel how much you matter. And if you don't get it the first time, Jesus isn't going to stop. The Easter reality makes this work God's mission, where Jesus is sent to the disciples, where he's sent to you and me, where he's sent to literally everyone who ever lives or will ever live for the sole purpose of belonging, connection, and love. This is the best news we can hear. Even when we're not feeling like showing up for God, God is showing up for us, always. God is showing up for us and opening new doors to us so that we can explore just, might, just whatever might be beyond, beyond what is known into the unknown, to infinity and beyond. And this sparks our imagination to come alive. This warms our hearts and gives them the capacity to love even more, and it gives us a new hope for a new tomorrow that is better than anything that we can ask for. Even when we feel like we're not showing up for God, God shows up for us. And the gift is always a new breath, a new power, a new blessing of the Holy Spirit, and a real promise a promise that life never ends. Open the doors today. Open the doors to your heart and imagine what life is like when you venture from the known to the unknown. And on those days when you're tired and beat down or you just don't have the energy to seek out God, guess what? God will seek out you. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia.